Who were we before shame told us we weren't enough? I asked myself that question three years ago and I haven't stopped since. You see, shame tells us that we're alone in how we feel, that it doesn't matter what we think or say or believe. Every part of us that feels unfindable, unreachable, unseeable, unlovable has shame in it. And I believe so fervently that there is power in speaking to that shame. So join me as we reclaim the space that shame has taken up. Hello, you incredible human being. You really are incredible, you know that? And loved and deserving of a meaningful life. It floors me sometimes that in the midst of my work surrounding shame and healing, when I get a compliment, I brush them off, like consistently. They make me feel flushed and like uh, like I swallowed butterflies. Truly, that's the best way to, to, to describe it. My brain goes blank for like a split second, then kicks into red alert. Deflect with humor. Compliment them back. <laughs> Bring up how crazy it is that time moves and we are now older. Like that's like the steps I take. Whew, it works. It worked every time. They took the bait. Now we're talking about the weather and we'll wave and say, see you later. And I don't have to take that compliment that they gave me that made me intensely uncomfortable into consideration. We're jumping right in today, you guys. <laughs> do you do this? It doesn't have to be the exact same process as I do, but you, do you get flustered around compliments? Do they make you feel uncomfortable? Do you not know how to respond to them? I think it's so interesting that we're all out here actively trying not to be jerks, trying to make and build something more hopeful for ourselves and for others, breaking generational cycles and creating healthier habits. But when someone tells us we're a good listener or that we're making an impact in their life for the good, we stutter over our response. What? This cannot be. <laughs> I actually think my favorite way to deflect a compliment is with a compliment. It's like inception. It happened all the time in college. I really love your sweater. Thanks. I love your earlobes. <laughs> right? It's awkward. I'm not out here complimenting people's earlobes, okay? Unless you'd like me to. Slide into my DMs. Let me know. <laughs> but really, I like your sweater. Oh, I, I really love your boots. Thanks. Got them on sale. Which, okay. I never am angry or upset when people tell me that they got things on sale or where they bought them and how much they cost. But we really are out here doing that. When I examine things now, whether it's during meditation or parenting, you know, while I'm helping my kids learn something new, or in therapy, or I'm just comparing brands at the grocery store, I'm much more aware of shame. That's what this work has done for me. I'm pretty often asking myself, what story is shame telling me? And I am really seeing shame in a lot of places. It's everywhere around anything food or body related. We can set that baseline. <laughs> but it's also in our output, like uh, how much we get done in a day. Mom shame, mom guilt, comparisons of what we do and don't do throughout the day or comparisons of what we're doing or not doing at work or in class. Oh, I took... 38 credits and worked 48 hours a week. Okay, Phil, thanks. I sat on my couch and lived with crippling depression. <laughs> or I just existed, right? It's in our family systems and our cycles. Think and Kanto, my friend. If you haven't seen that movie, 
I won't give any spoilers. It's on Disney Plus, but maybe like gird your loins before you watch it. Like prepare yourself a little. Do some meditation before you watch that because oof, was I not expecting the kidney punch it gave me. It's in so many choices we make each day. I literally walked away from a flashing Rudolph nose hat a week before Christmas because Shane was telling me that I'd be too flashy if I wore it, which was the whole point. I'm still so sad about not getting that. Next year, the first time I see a flashing Rudolph anything, I'm buying it. So here we are, new year, stuttering around compliments because why? You know why. What am I going to say? Shame. Okay, hear me out though. Shame does not have to be the reason you do everything. I got a really interesting email, some feedback stating that the sender felt I was blaming shame for all my life's problems and all my personality traits. While I fundamentally disagree with them, I can and I will say that there is some merit in their argument. You don't do everything directly because of shame. Okay. I know that. I hope you know that. And I also hope that it's not coming across that I think that. Also, you aren't all you are because of shame. When I talk about how far reaching shame is, I don't mean to to depict or portray that shame is the reason for everything and everyone and we aren't actually authentic or real at any point because of shame. You're all you are because you're an incredible, totally unique mix of traits and genetics and thoughts and awesomeness. But shame is present and accounted for. Shame is sneaking around, inserting itself in many narratives. Shame is part of the reason mental health stigma is so huge. Shame is part of the reason we fight taking compliments. Shame is part of the reason we feel isolated. Shame is part of the reason we don't reach out. See, that's what I hope to do here. I don't think it's the mother of all everything, but shame is like a pesky cousin, you know? If you're anything like me, you were taught to let your friends choose what the activity was and where they wanted to sleep when they came over. You didn't take the last serving of food on the table. Uh, You let one or two people, not too many people, don't get crazy. You let some people ahead of you every once in a while. You help out where you can and when you can, right? You were taught to be mindful of your surroundings and the needs of others. So where did we lose accepting compliments? Because I also know that I was taught not to be too selfish, not to make things about me, not to be boastful, which again, in and of themselves, purely and in theory, those teachings are not bad things. As I teach my own children manners, to be considerate, to seek out ways to support the people around them, those are not inherently bad things that I'm teaching them. Shame is sneaky though. Shame inserts itself into those conversations. When did we move into crapping on myself, Phil? (laughs) When did we no longer accept that, yeah, we do have a talent and we can be proud of ourselves for it? Or yeah, we do contribute important things and we can be proud of ourselves for it. We can recognize it. We can sit with it, acknowledge it, carry it around with us and let it help inform some of our decisions. If a fundamental part of shame is its teaching about our worth, which our worth is untouchable, but shame is a shithead and tells us that it's totally touchable and then tries to touch it, doesn't succeed though because our worth is untouchable, 
why not add a tiara in and let shame slip in through some cracks? I mean, if we already believe that we aren't enough, if we aren't smart enough, good enough, pretty enough, then why not ask it how it feels about our talents and hobbies? Why would we actually be good at anything? Why would we actually have learned something or taught someone something? Why would we actually have a part in someone's healing or have been there for someone in their hour of need? Another really sneaky way I see shame impacting us is when we have like absolute thinking, all or nothing, black and white, yes or no, this or that type of thinking. Either we're the best or we're the worst. <laughs> and we don't we don't put ourselves on the spectrum of like, hey, I've learned something and I even if I'm not the best, I can contribute. I have contributed and I can continue to grow. It's what's kept me and so many other people from learning new hobbies because it's like, well, if I'm not going to be like extremely incredible at it, then why even do it? I'm really revealing myself here, you guys. I'm calling myself out. But so then shame sneaks in and tells me, well, like you weren't the best. Like so-and-so is the best. So you're not even a good swimmer. Like because Michael Phelps exists in this world, I am therefore not a good swimmer. Well, okay. (laughs) Wait a minute. We missed a few steps here. Do you do that? I see it happening and I'm as I'm talking to people about their experiences with shame, I have not been the only one to have that encounter. It makes sense that when we're in those moments of vulnerability, when we're questioning our worth, shame slips through some spaces and it sticks its slimy self to another aspect of ourselves. Now, there are, are a lot of other ways that we learn shame. Remember that episode, How Shame Spreads? Maybe we saw the adults around us exchanging shame and we learned it from them. Or maybe we were given shame really directly and bluntly in the form of abuse and bullying. Maybe it was subtly taught to us in the messaging around us, in the advertising around us. Maybe it was taught to us in things that weren't said. That one's like a little bit meta, but like if you weren't seeing people who looked like you in the places you liked and enjoyed and recreated, then maybe we, you started to feel shame for how you looked. We don't only ever learn anything from one place, right? That's why practicing is a thing. We, we need to learn muscle. There's muscle memory. There's different parts of our brain that light up when we learn new skills. Just like we don't pick up our life's worth of shame at one point in our life. We can't learn everything all at once. It's been subtly, slowly, quietly telling us stories. But here we are out here speaking to that shame. And one part that we can speak to is the subtle way in which it whittles. Really, I'm really liking that word, whittles. <laughs> but the subtle way in which it whittles at our self-worth, really. And specifically our belief of our self-worth. In a future episode, we'll talk about self-worth and self-esteem and the differences between the two things. It's super fascinating. I cannot wait. But here and now, we're going to talk about compliments. You ready? (laughs) Your assignment is to take the compliment. Take it. Pick it up. Say thank you. Wish them well. Hell, even give them one back. Maybe compliment their earlobes. (laughs) Maybe don't compliment their earlobes. I don't know. You do you. You read the room. But take that compliment and let it be about you for you. Remember that? Remember that what we encounter in 2022 is going to be for us, for our healing and our breakdowns, our growth and our meaning. So take the compliment 
and throw it in there. Let it bounce around your beautiful brain. See how it feels. The most important rule for this assignment, though, are you ready? The most important rule, regardless of what anyone ever says, your worth is untouchable. The great paradox of taking compliments, I think, is that you don't need them because, again, worth equals untouchable. But training yourself to reject them, to immediately disprove them, to immediately seek reprieve from the uncomfortable feeling of the possibility that the compliment could be true, that also doesn't help you. On this walk to see shame, to call it out and work through what it's been feeding you, Nothing that helps you is too small. Nothing that gives you a boost or hypes you up or eases the ache is too trite. You get credit for trying and surviving, and you can absolutely take the compliment. So we are taking compliments now, okay? We're doing it. And we're doing so with the unshakable truth that our worth is untouched and unimpacted by what people do or don't say. We're holding those two things in our hands, maybe possibly in the shape of our middle fingers. I don't know. Do what feels right. But we're taking these things with us in our fight against shame. Because the truth is that you are worthy. You are deserving of the compliments and the truth of your impact being spoken out loud by others. Shame does not belong to you. Give it the big middle one and keep moving into radical self-belonging, my friend. I'm honored to have you here and I cannot wait to take compliments with you. So this means that if you see me out and about, if you talk to me on Instagram or in my email and you give me a compliment, I have to, I'm, I have to take it now. I have to say thank you. <laughs> I'm really out here working on my own mental health, folks. We're doing this together. Before I go really quickly and really excitingly, last but not least, I want to share the upcoming live training I'm doing with you. It will be a live, I'm calling it a shame slayer webinar. It'll be a live workshop, learning experience, conversation. There'll be some coaching. You'll get to learn from me live. Have I said live enough? It will be live, you guys. I will be real in real time, live time, chatting with you. It'll feel like a juicy conversation, like when you catch up with a good friend over delicious food. That's what it's going to feel like, like the Bloomin' Onion at Outback. Actually, I've never had a Bloomin' Onion. Did you know that? Have you had a Bloomin' Onion? How are they? It'll be like the wonton tacos at Applebee's. I like me a wonton taco. Those are tasty. But whatever tasty food it will be for you, that's what it will feel like. That's what I'm working incredibly hard to cultivate. I'll go into ways to identify shame, its impacts on our health and well-being, tools to combat shame, so much more. And it will be different from the podcast because I'll be there to help you, to guide you, to answer some questions. But I'm also going to share some things that I've never shared before on the podcast, things that I've been working for months on, projects and ideas and some really exciting things that I'm going to be launching later this year. I'm going to be workshopping through during this webinar. The tickets are launching soon, like within the next few days of the release of this podcast. So if if you're listening to this in like February, March, April, June, July, August, (laughs) 
how many months of the year are there? If you're listening to this later than January 2022, come find me on Instagram and check to see if we're doing another webinar because this won't be the last one. But this specific one that I'm currently speaking about, tickets will be launching soon and I'm going to be hosting it near the end of January. My Instagram is hello Emily Stearman. You can follow me there to get news updates on where and how you can purchase your tickets and get your spot for that. You are incredible. You are incredible. Remember, you're taking that compliment. This is your first compliment. Breathe it in and keep it there. Don't breathe it out. I am incredible. Say it with me. I am incredible. I'm your host, Emily Stearman, and this is Speaking to Shame. I can't wait to rediscover who we were before shame told us we weren't enough. I can't wait to find those parts of us that need healing, that feel unfindable and unlovable, and remind them that shame is not our truth, 